Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Tim. Thanks for having me. You've said that a few times uh, every so often and I'm not really sure why you keep coming back to it. Especially since this is not a, a vampire movie, it's not a werewolf movie. Uh, other than human it's, fangs, there's not really any fangs in this movie. But... It's scary. It's a horror podcast and what better way to to start than by scaring the people? Oh, I'm sure they're all terrified. <laughs> I'm sure, sure they're all shaking at the boots. Uh, so yeah, it's a horror movie podcast. Uh, we get together, we've watched a horror movie, we talk about it. It's that simple. We are working through some 2020 movies right now uh, that we felt that we should uh, go back and check out. Now, as, admittedly, we're recording this way in advance. By the time you get this, it'll may even be the start of June by the time you, hit, you get this episode. Uh, but for us, this is actually January, so we were just sort of going back and like checking out some 2020 movies that have some buzz, uh, and this episode is going to be about His House, which came out in October, just at the end of October uh, 2020. <coughs> it is the feature-length directorial debut of Remy Weeks, and is about a uh, South Sudan couple who are refugees, asylum seekers, uh, who come to the UK, and they're given a house as part of a sort of probation living arrangement. And the house is haunted as shit, <laughs> is the basic <laughs> premise of it. Um, and yeah, obviously, you'd expect this film, given the, the, the premise of these refugees, that there's going to be some uh, some social stuff, some political stuff. Um, and we'll, we'll get into some of that, of course, as we're talking about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's a lot in here. So I, I describe it as a horror drama, and that there's a lot of like real-world drama mixed in with the, uh, the horror stuff. Uh, but unlike Spontaneous from last week, it is definitely more of a horror movie, though, I would say. Without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I yeah. think... Like, I, I think people have, like, uh, you know, put it in the ranks of stuff like, uh, you know, Get Out, and which is, like, uh, I forget what they call it, like, societal horror? Sure, yeah. Kind of, like... Which, yeah, I think it definitely fits in that, uh, you know, category. Yeah. Uh, what, I mean, there's also, like, horror horror. It's just horror it, horror, but... yes. Yeah. Uh... No, I, I think I'm looking at the poster on uh, IMDb and I think one of the biggest problems for this movie's marketing is that the post, like, the font of the, the title is just like this plain white simple text and the poster is just a couple surrounded by other you know kids and, and, and the content, I know what scene this is kind of based on and what the context, and the context is important but as a po- poster for a horror movie, it does not sell me a horror movie. It looks, mm-hmm. I don't know, like... Uh, it looks like a documentary almost on the poster. Is this that sort of dull looking uh, in terms of its style? Yeah, I mean the like, I, I mean I think in general Netflix is like pretty terrible with mm-hmm. uh, you know their marketing unless it's like you know something they spent like billions on <laughs> you know like a uh, your brights or whatever <laughs> uh, your Adam Sandler's uh, yeah. ridiculous six or whatever it was called yeah uh, but I mean uh, you know oftentimes though they do get like you know cool little movies like this and but they just obviously are kind of just putting them out there don't really care about it and uh, yeah like you said this one had some buzz which is the only reason why I watched it is because uh-huh. I, I like I remember like right when it came out uh, you know people were talking about like you know, because, you know, uh, since we're horror people, you know, we follow like a lot of you know horror people on Twitter and stuff. And there was definitely a lot of people going like, oh, hey, make sure to check this out. It just kind of dropped on Netflix. I don't know where, but it's pretty good. And uh, Yeah, so, I, I would never have yeah. looked at this if it hadn't gotten the, the buzz and it hadn't you know, started appearing in top 10 lists for the year and, th- and things like yeah. that. I would never have 
even thought of looking at it. Just because it didn't look like a, a horror movie, it didn't look like any sort of movie that, uh, just, just again, based on the poster, which again looks like a, it looks like, not even just a documentary, it looks like a documentary that's made for TV. It looks like a, a, yeah. a, a documentary that would air, you know, like, in the middle of the day on Channel 4 in the UK. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I don't remember ever getting a, a trailer for it, and uh, well, yeah, admittedly, we haven't been doing trailers on the show for a while, but, you know, still, like, again with bigger netflix stuff like you know i remember when the babysitter 2 got a trailer yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah. like i saw that floating around so yeah we, we stopped doing news when we started banking episodes for paternity leave mm-hmm. uh which was right around the time this came out so mm-hmm. uh, and netflix notoriously put out trailers like two weeks before the movie comes out <laughs> usually so yeah. Uh, yeah it's one of those things where it just you know poorly marketed i think uh but that goes for like 90 percent of netflix's original movies yeah. to be honest uh mm-hmm. regardless of quality there's there's good movies that have been failed to be marketed there's bad movies that they failed to market mm-hmm. uh and everything in between so uh but yeah uh so we'll get we'll get into it basically then uh we'll also start spoiler free as we always do okay <laughs> uh, just a little bit i mentioned the paternity leave and stuff i think it's worth mentioning just mm-hmm. for people for context this is actually the last episode of the show that we are reviewing or recording even um, until Tim comes back. This is the last one before he leaves. Uh, so, so, in that theory... Means I can say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> that, that's not what it means. You always say whatever the hell you want. What are we talking about? That's <laughs> um, true. Uh, but so, in theory, right, for mm-hmm. you, it'll be this weird thing where you should have an episode next week. You should have an mm-hmm. episode next week where Tim's hair is probably completely different. I mean, my hair may be completely mm-hmm. different as well, but uh, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm saying I'm not going to change in the next, like, five months, but Tim's going to be like, oh! <laughs> I'm, just, I'm expecting that fatherhood to have a, a wacky effect on Tim's appearance. We shall see. <laughs> I'm expecting, like, you know, like, your hair's all, like, sticking up because you've been pulling at it and all sorts. You missed your mom? <laughs> I've never seen that, but I'll, I'll I'll say sure. Actually, I don't think I've seen it either. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the the movie cover for sure. <laughs> yes, I I only know what Mister Mum is because I've heard people say what well, they cast Mister Mum as Batman. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the only reason why I know what that movie is. Now, what is uh, are, are are those rumors true that Michael Keaton is supposed to be like the main Batman in the DC universe? No, I, I didn't really understand that. That's still in the rumor phase. I, I, there's no concrete. But like what? <laughs> I don't even understand like what that means though, because there's no way he's doing like, I like I I know you know he'll probably pop up in like Flashpoint as like an older Batman or whatever, but there's no way that's like he's gonna be in like a main Batman movie, you know, like playing Batman again. Like if anything, it'll be an older kind of mentor Batman figure, right? Could be a Batman Unless, Beyond like, they... situation. Although I love that Tim said he was going to say whatever he wanted, and he's immediately tangent is down a really specific <laughs> comic book movie conversation, which has nothing to do with horror. Never mind his house. <laughs> you rebel yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was weird so yes so for us there's going to be a five month gap give or, well maybe slightly less than that if we start sort of slowly coming back with you know without a regular weekly schedule but uh, for us there's going to be months between episodes but for you in theory if all goes to plan you'll just have an episode <laughs> next week and it'll be like time travel happened yeah <laughs> and I imagine, well, I promised the first episode back with Tim would be Leprechaun <laughs> in the Hood, or Leprechaun back in the Hood. Uh, but after that, I imagine we'll be starting the, here's the movies from the early 2021 that we've not done because Tim was mm-hmm. away season. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that. 
but yes. Oh, and what what movies they will be? I have no idea what they'll be because uh, it's up in the air. Yeah. So Tim, so Tim, 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 Timmy. Yeah. What did you think of his house? I, I mean, I really liked it. I, I thought it was great. Um, you know, it's the the horror elements work, and I think the uh, you know, the kind of societal elements work. Like the um, uh, again, you know, there's horror horror stuff uh going on, but then like uh, I also liked kind of the stuff where they're just trying to uh adjust to the you know situation of <clears throat> you know being like a you know strangers in this kind of strange land uh you know especially <laughs> yeah the uk such a strange land yeah so. <laughs> well i mean it's very different than from, from, from... their perspective i i, I yeah. get what you mean but it's just it was funny to me yeah like uh, uh specifically like there's like one sequence where um the uh you know the wife uh real I mean, yeah yeah real yeah. uh where she you know just kind of has to like go out and you know just do something real simple as like going you know to like a doctor's office or anything but it becomes like this ordeal and the, the, the way it's filmed though is like really like they film it like a horror movie make it very like unsettling and um kind of dark and uh yeah just like a simple thing like that uh, i think works really well but um, you know, it's a very small cast, but I think all the, <clears throat> you know, the two main performers do a, a really good job, and it, it it is definitely hard to talk about without, you know, going into spoilers. But I think once, maybe about what like two thirds of the way through, like once you kind of find out why this is going on and like what happened, I thought this is really effective and messed up. And I was like, oh Jesus, like. Wow, <laughs> I I was not expecting like something like this dark, uh, you know, kind of be like the 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 precipice for everything. Um, but no, I mean, I I thought it all worked really well though. Yeah, I I thought it was very strong. I, I think the two lead actors uh, give wonderful performances. Um, there's moments where uh, Ball, the you know the husband, he is trying to keep it together he's trying to keep his cool but he'll just like these sort of like, almost like nervous almost crazy looking smiles will break through yeah. and it feels very natural and it feels very like he's he's trying to hold it together and um and yeah i mean i think there's the the horror stuff and there's the the social stuff and the and by social stuff i mean like the actual refugee state sale of things and all, all <laughs> the all the limitations that are put on them because you know that they're, they're they they come to the UK. They're they're giving this house, and it's actually a relatively big house. Give you know the sort of thing that you yeah. you're given by the the government or the council, um, tends to be smaller than this. So they're they're kind of lucky in a lot of ways that they've been given this bigger house. But it isn't a pretty. It's in shit shape. You know, it, it needs cleaned up. It needs decorated. Yeah. Uh, there's trash all over the front of the you know the, the front garden, um, but just the, all the little things like the, the ways people react to them the the you know the, the some some of it casual racism some of it uh xenophobia some of it just uh kind of a, a jealousy there's this kind of a and one could argue like you know is there much point in separating racism from xenophobia but i, I do think there is a, a, a slight difference between them um yeah. and i think both are at play at different <coughs> points in this movie and you can kind of see uh, the, thing, totally. the thing that really stuck out to me is the line your house is bigger than mine is said a few times uh by people who mm. clearly resent the idea that they've been giving this place for mm -hmm. you know essentially free and they've been given this help 
to mm-hmm. you know and they're giving out this you know this war torn like very awful like living situation uh, and we don't get the full context of what they've escaped until quite late on in the movie but obviously you know we have assumptions for for much of the film yeah and i i think that stuff and <coughs> i think the, the characters that play with each other are really good where uh real she is very much wanting to hold on to her heritage and her past and who she is mm-hmm. and doesn't want to forget where they came from uh whereas ball he wants to adjust he wants to fit in um he wants to buy a fancy polo shirt and fit in like everyone else and sing songs at the mm-hmm. pub he wants to feel like he's in this new world and this is his home now and he's left that 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 past behind um and you know it, it's not a surprise i think that both of them have to kind of like meet in the middle essentially and sure. you know he has to you know still accept his past accept whatever he's done to get here she has to also kind of learn that she you know they have to move on they have to accept their new world and and do things mm-hmm. but yeah all these things and all, all the social commentary and, and the way people treat them and how no one has any no one seemingly has much sympathy there's a few platitudes that mm-hmm. are given but everyone around them they're just kind of almost bored this is their day-to-day job like ah, okay here's you know refugees number 782 mm-hmm. here's here's your your welcome pack here's your house here's your, you know and to them, like you know, when when they're told they're being given a house and a probation period, they, they essentially start crying and laughing of, of happiness because, like, oh, we're getting a fresh start. And the people who are giving them this and telling them this information are just they're in business suits, they're just sitting there, they look half asleep, they don't care. Uh, yeah. It's all very cold and distant, and there's, there's this kind of you know just this jarring stark difference of these people have fought through hell to get out of where they live, to get somewhere else for a, a better start and a better mm. tomorrow. And everyone is just kind of like, uh, don't be in it. Don't be a problem. Don't make a fuss. Just, you know, do what you're told and fit in. Yeah. Like to them, this is life changing, you know, mm-hmm. like this, uh, can, you know, kind of be like the matter, you know, between life and death, if they can make it here versus, you know, if they have to like go back or whatever, but yeah, to the, uh, you know, to these, white business people <laughs> in the government or whatever like uh it, it's just like a normal work day is you know very like okay yeah come on uh make sure you're one of the good ones you know <laughs> like yeah that that, fr- that phrase is used a couple of times and i, I cringed yeah. because matt smith yeah. uh, you know doctor <laughs> who he shows up he's like the the guy who shows him the house uh he he has a couple of lines and he's clearly nicer mm-hmm. than a lot of the other characters who are like higher yeah. up or whatever he's he's trying a little bit to be understanding but it still kind of feels like he's definitely coming from a system that's baked in like xenophobia and racism because of the way he says oh be yeah. one of the good ones it just it feels a little uh like you it's... know we're expecting you to be a problem so be one of the good yeah. ones and don't be a problem <clears throat> it's like you said earlier it's like that casual racism which sometimes mm-hmm. like it can almost be like a little more cringy sometimes than like out and out racism because it's like there's this I don't know, just level of like, uh, uh, like, like kind of like you're trying to hide it or that, like, you know, you, you don't think what you're doing is necessarily wrong, but it's still like messed up. Yeah. I, I think actually, and I don't think this is too spoiler to go into this scene, but I, I think one of the more powerful scenes in the movie is, is this scene you were mentioning earlier where Rial goes <laughs> outside and, it's shot kind of like a horror movie where she's in, so she's trying to like find her way to this doctor's office and she ends up in like a bit of a maze of like sort of back little pathways and like you know mm-hmm. all these like fenced gardens and stuff she's and she gets kind of lost and she she goes up to these teenagers to ask for directions 
but notably the three teenagers she goes up to are all black and mm. i think this scene's quite powerful because the I, I think you know there's maybe a, a, a <coughs> maybe a feeling of comfort to her she sees three black people and she thinks mm-hmm. oh they'll be more helpful i'm more comfortable asking them for help and they're kind of a useless <laughs> because yeah. they, they don't really know you know where, where the pointer to but b they're, they're kind of awful and they're, they're very xenophobic uh the phrase mm-hmm. go back to africa is uttered uh they make yeah. fun of her for not speaking english um and I think as she walks away from that that encounter and she's got tears in her eyes, like mm-hmm. she feels like she's an alien in this world. She feels that she doesn't yeah. belong. She feels that no one's here to help her. No one's looking out for her. Um, and yeah, I mean that. I mean by itself, that that's already like a, a pretty powerful scene. But like, also, it's just so well done because the way it's filmed is very like disorienting. Because mm-hmm. like the camera is constantly moving around while all these you know three different kids are you know giving her like completely different information like oh no it's down that street no no you you got it wrong it's the other way oh no i think it's this way and so it's like yeah like and and then the music too is like kind of like this creepy unsettling like uh like horror music so it's uh i mean yeah by itself it's already good but then it's just the filmmaking elevates it to this really like just like uh you know, it puts you in our shoes where it's so disorienting and like, yeah, you don't like, know it, what's real. And it's literally spinning. It's, it's, yeah. it's literally <laughs> spinning around as she's getting all this information. That's all, you know, clashing with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, that's where I'd say it's, you know, it's not just racism and xenophobia. It's this, this, you know, yeah. it's, it's cultures on top of that. And, um, like, and I, I, I totally buy this as well. Like, you know, like teenagers are shits, shitheads at times. Yeah. Oh, for like, sure. I've yeah. definitely, I've definitely heard British school kids say <laughs> shitty things uh, mm-hmm. like this without thinking it's a big deal, like thinking they're just, you know, cracking a dumb joke or, or whatever. Um, it's so weird. Like, I feel like if I, if I said that, <laughs> like, I would still be thinking about it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, today, you'd be like twenty years yeah. later. Oh, I can't believe I said that. You know, remember. once. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It, it you know i i think that's you know there's there's that and there's the there's various other powerful scenes and um simple little things that you don't really think about which is that he's adjusting to using cutlery which is not even something i'd have thought about that was different but uh she she doesn't like it she says oh I, all i taste is the metal when she's using the the fork and i and i was thinking that's so I like taste the metal i don't taste metal when i'm using a fork but I, it never occurred to me that someone who's never used a metal fork before might almost think it's intrusive this is this feels weird there's this yeah there's like a lot of little things like that um especially yeah like when they're eating and yeah like she's like on the floor and like he's like oh no like we gotta eat at the table and um yeah it, it's a yeah really interesting uh dynamic like between yeah him who's like uh, like you're saying before is he's so eager to assimilate and you know just like kind of completely wants to leave like the past behind uh you know versus her who's like you know rightfully so kind of you know feels like oh that you know this isn't right there's like you know something's off here like and yeah you know we should be hanging on to like our old ways so it's a lot of interesting stuff (laughs) between that and of course then you interest the horror elements which i think you know Mm -hmm. have some I think it starts off, you know, a little typical. You know, it's just a, couple, mm-hmm. a jump scare here or there. So there's a noise, a voice, uh, you know, someone jumps out in the background or whatever. But as it goes, I think there's some really cool visuals in the horror. Yeah. There's um, a very specific... Uh, there's one particular mask that one of the, I guess, ghosts, we'll say, uh, wears yeah. that I thought was quite um, creepy. 
yeah, I, I like that. I thought it looked good. Um, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it, it's definitely like different looking than you know, a lot of like kind of the CGI generic ghosts. Uh, I feel like we get a lot of. Yeah, and I will um, say there's kind of a theme to the the the, the ghosts and the spirits, uh, mm-hmm. which I won't spoil because I think that's starting to get into details a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that theme was kind of effective and just giving it a distinct feel the entire time. Once once you sort of started to sure. get the the hints of like what connects the all the spirits and stuff like it, it was it was quite interesting so um i, I think it's a, it's a really good movie where i think even just the the raw social stuff of like them trying to like make it work and try to assimilate and try to survive in this this neighborhood and become a part <laughs> of this this lifestyle that already is kind of a horror movie <laughs> just because it's so yeah. <laughs> t- tense and awkward and they're trying mm. hard and uh like there's the, the, the creepy neighbor who's always staring at the window at them mm-hmm. and uh just you know nothing is very welcoming in, in any way shape or form no one cares that they're here there's no welcome wagon and it's not so much that they expect a welcome wagon <laughs> but you know just how much of the opposite is which is no one gives a shit there's this one scene where like I, I mean i don't know if british kids do this a lot but like a schoolgirl just pees in their, their like front lawn well, it's not. It's not. It's like this the back corner. It's like a little hideaway. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's like walled off, so yeah. it's not like people can see it. But it's like it's not like they're specifically doing it because it's their house, but they're just trying to duck into a place where no one will see them. But still, yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. Because as she's leaving, she says, "I think someone's living in there now," which yeah. says to me that this has been kind of just like an abandoned house that kids have used yeah. for various things, and putting mm-hmm. potentially if you need to piss, you're nowhere near like a house of someone you know or something. <laughs> Uh, so, no, um, <laughs> I mean, I can't say I've ever pissed on a random, uh, <laughs> house like that, no, yeah. but, uh, hey, um, I don't know, I don't know what kids like today, mm. pissing everywhere with their urine. That's true. <laughs> As opposed to other things. <laughs> yeah. And then, and again, like, going back to that scene where she's, um, yeah, like, trying to find, uh, I think it was, like, the doctor's office that she's going mm-hmm. to, um, yeah, like, even before she runs into those kids, like, she's kind of just, like, getting lost in all these back alleys, and, like, there's this one kid that's kind of just kicking, like, a soccer ball against the wall that kind of just, like, looks at her, mm-hmm. like, a little creepy, creepily, which, I mean, he's probably just looking at her because, like, oh, hey, who's this, but, like, you know, um, again, the way everything is like shot and filmed, it like you know makes it like kind of weird and creepy and ominous. And then, uh, yeah, she kind of keeps getting lost. So, like you know, she kind of runs into him a couple of times, uh, which and it's just uh, you know when you're watching it, it just feels very like well well put together, and you, you can really feel like yeah the horror of just you know like just being uncomfortable in your surroundings and just feeling like you don't belong, and everyone is kind of just like knows it you know like just waiting for you to you know do something you're not supposed to or whatever yeah uh obviously it, yeah <laughs> all, all the horror stuff does connect to their backstory and does connect to like what like this, this the point of the film and the metaphors that are at play uh so we'll get into that in a little bit in spoilers but uh, I, I think i just really would like to emphasize that the performances of the two leads are, are very very strong yeah um and uh, is is the central part of the movie, and the whole thing hinges on them. So it's good that they're great. So uh, with that said, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers at a time of recording. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordnow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. 
they're our Patreon producers for the month. Uh, at the time of recording, that is obviously by the time you get this episode, it'll be way in the future. But mm-hmm. uh, you can, of course, su- state. you can of course support us for as little as one dollar per month at patreon.com slash TV. And for that one dollar, you get access to all the bonus episodes that we have in the back catalogue. Uh, they're on pause just now, mm-hmm. new ones will be back uh, when Tim's back from paternity leave. But you get all them. Five dollar tier gets you early access to all the new episodes by a day. So go and have a look and see if you want to keep supporting the content and help us out. Uh, you can, of course, also support us for free by simply hitting the like button on YouTube, subscribing, commenting, all that stuff. Uh, we are all at the mercy of the dreaded monster that is the YouTube algorithm, and <laughs> that's what uh, deems our success uh, or lack thereof, as the case may be. So, uh, it's a real horror. So hit the like button for God's sake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just do it. So yes, full spoilers for his house from this point on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess just to talk about the film as a whole, obviously there's maybe some specific scenes we want to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, even I mentioned buying the polo shirt earlier, because uh, mm-hmm. you know when the ghostly stuff starts happening, at one point he thinks that, oh, you know, we've been cursed, so we have to burn everything we brought with us, mm-hmm. everything that you know connects us to home, we have to burn. So he burns all their clothes. But it's there's just a, and it never, and I was expecting it to it has to lead to something <coughs> in the scene, and it never does. It never actually leads to like a, a confrontation, but there's like a security guard who, as soon as he sees a ball walking around uh, the stores, starts mm-hmm. watching him and just lingers in the background, like always watching him, just thinking he's mm-hmm. a thief. Um, and it never actually builds up to like a, a thing, which I almost respect more. I respect kind of the, oh, they're showing this kind of immediate racism of this guy. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't actually have to lead to a, a confrontation. It's just it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much like like, yeah so so much like little racism that um and i mean i think that's you know like one of the things i I think is like really powerful with like you know like the last couple of years we've been getting like you know more movies that are kind of you know dealing with issues like this and uh it's it's one of those things like obviously like you know get out is a big example but um yeah i i think it's good to have these movies that kind of highlight you know that okay yeah racism isn't always like you know some angry you know dude you know yelling slurs like yeah so there's like so many like casual little things like this that you know maybe pe- people might not even think about it consciously but it's like you know th- this stuff kind of <laughs> matters and it can affect someone if you know they're constantly like being you know subjected to it um but yeah like all these like little moments like really work well yeah but we have to have a big thing. So one of the things early on is that they talk about the daughter and the, the daughter <coughs> who se- seems to have died and you know on on the boat trip uh, to get mm-hmm. to the UK, um, and it comes up a few times. You know we see we see uh, Bial kind of looking at this doll, and we see uh, the, when she goes to the doctor's office. Uh, there's a sort of awkward scene here because this 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 nurse or whoever it is who's helping her take her blood pressure and stuff. She starts talking about having a, do- a kid and she's wanting to make small talk with her mm. and make her feel welcome. So she's trying her best, but then, then BL starts talking about the fact that she came from a place where there's like two warring factions and that's why she has markings of two different clans on her because like basically trying to not be killed by either one and it, it becomes this very serious, dark conversation and this woman, this nurse is just completely like, doesn't know what to say <laughs> to her uh like okay you wanted to talk and get to know each other but the second it, it got too real and it, it, it's, it's a really good emphasis of like okay these are two people from different worlds yeah uh like you, you know she just wanted her to like 
kind of nod and say mm -hmm. like oh thank you yes it is very pretty <laughs> yes <laughs> instead yeah she goes into this like very dark monologue <laughs> yeah and it's just like yeah from two different worlds and like everyone in the uk that they've, they've met just wants them to conform quickly and not get not have mm -hmm. to put them through any awkward stuff not have to put them through having to understand because their lives are just too busy or complicated or yeah. they'll have the effort to consider <clears throat> the 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 horrors that these people have went through um mm -hmm. but you know she try she, she has this awkward scene with the nurse and then there's a scene later on that i like i really liked in retrospect once we sort of saw the backstory mm -hmm. uh, because things get very tense later on where she wants to basically get kicked out and she after the hauntings have been happening he gets really upset about it and he goes to matt smith he goes to doctor who to basically <laughs> ask for a new house and he's he's very kind of cagey about it uh, matt smith and he asks like mm -hmm. well what's wrong with it like you have to give me a reasons and then we have to investigate why because if you're not fitting in quote unquote then mm -hmm. you know there'll have to be a, an investigation and maybe that'll lead to you being sent back home and he tries to say rats, but he doesn't really buy it. It all comes off a bit weird. But when he comes round to investigate with someone to take photographs of the house, and by this point he's been like he's been hammering holes in the walls, trying to like find ghosts and stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, there's like one, yeah, like they're kind of like hearing stuff, and then this one kind of main ghost like seems to be appearing inside the wall, so it's kind of yeah. like driving them mad. Uh, so when they come in and see this. Bial comes out and she's sort of like taking like a bed sheet and made kind of like a like a tr more traditional dress that she would wear mm -hmm. uh from her from her home country and says that they're they're cursed by a witch and we'll get into exactly what the the, cur the curse says in a second like what she puts forth but she says all this in front of this you know this social services guy and basically they leave saying well, they're probably going home because they're clearly not fitting in and they're kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, and because of this, uh, because they're going to get sent home, he gets very protective. But Ball gets very protective and he starts basically taking off all the handles so that she can't leave. And it's almost mm -hmm. like, you know, should she be scared of him? Should she be worried that he's get getting yeah. homicidal or he's getting deranged? And I, th I thought it was going there for, for a second. Yeah, but then when she does actually try to climb out the window, we sort of transition into this extended flashback, showing what actually happened, how they left the country, what happened on the boat, and what's going on. So this all ties in um, to a scene, but it's the scene where they're having dinner, actually, where she tells the story of uh, of this uh, sort of witch doctor, this, uh, was it was an apith? Apith? Apith, like yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, I've, I've, uh, I think, I uh, think, yeah, they call it a night witch. Yeah, so she tells the story of this man who wanted a house, his own house, so badly. And this is obviously where the title of the film comes from, but also the fact that, you know, Ball keeps saying, this is our house now, this is our house. Uh, but the idea that this guy wanted a house so badly that he started stealing from people. So he didn't really earn the house. And because of that, this curse became upon him where uh, he had to give back what he took otherwise like it wasn't really his house but he you know he did he done awful things just to achieve this 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 home and obviously the as I... she's as she's saying this you're thinking okay clearly she thinks they have done something bad to mm -hmm. to come here to achieve this and that's why they're cursed that's why this witch is you know there's a witch's curse on them yeah so uh, essentially i i think what it was coming down to is like um 
the legend of this apeth or, or whatever is that it's like uh if you take from it or i guess just in general if you incur like a debt um then it must be repaid otherwise yeah it'll haunt the shit out of you basically yeah so obviously that gets you thinking um <clears throat> but there's a scene that i really liked in retrospect later on it's just, it's just before mm-hmm. uh, he starts i think like locking all the windows and taking all the handles away where mm-hmm. Uh, they're arguing about remembering where they came from and she goes to mention their daughter she she starts a sentence and says and you would rather forget our daughter and before she finishes the word daughter he kind of like puts her puts his hand over her mouth and sort of steps in close and it's very intimidating and in, in the moment mm-hmm. at the time it's very intimidating like he's and you, you sort of read it in the scene is like no he's not what he, he wants to forget this he wants to forget that they lost a daughter and he mm-hmm. comes off as very intimidating because he sort of grabs her really quickly and puts his hand over her mouth. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, this scene actually feels a lot more even because when we find out that they never really had a daughter and mm-hmm. that it was all phony and that she thinks they had a daughter, it, it comes mm-hmm. across more that he's getting frustrated that his wife's going crazy because yeah. you realize that from his perspective, she's actually so delirious with like all of her, mm-hmm. her feelings and her mixed emotions of these hauntings and what's going on that she actually believes they had a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we see what, what the context is, we get a couple of big shocking things in these flashbacks. One, there's a scene where it transitions from her kind of in like a dreamlike state talking to these characters at like a... I don't know if it's a school or if it's just like a meeting area or something like that. Mm-hmm. But she's with all these other women. And eventually we cut to kind of him, a ball like coming to find her and yelling for her. And he comes and finds her hiding in like a cupboard. But when he takes her out the cupboard, there's a really neat reveal here where the camera spins round and reveals the entire room is full of dead bodies. Like all the other people who were here were massacred. So yeah. this memory, perhaps the start of her starting to repress memories, was this, like, she she was the survivor of a massacre uh, mm-hmm. where every single person there was shot to death and she was she escaped by hiding in a cupboard. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, okay, we have to go now, we have to go now. And we see some of their journey across their own country uh, eventually get into this bus where and it's this you know this horror thing where at one point they're hiding on a roof and there's like you know people in fire walking down below in the street it's really horrific and the <laughs> real world horror of it all but then they get to this bus and the woman at the bus is like there's no more room we can't let anyone else on to go to the boats like, we can't let anyone else on only children now and ball looks down and sees this girl because there is like there's a quick scene at the start of the movie i think it's like one of the scenes after this where they're loaded onto another truck and they've got this girl. So you say, oh, that's their daughter, right? So then later on in the movie, when they're talking about losing their daughter, like, oh yeah, that's who we saw at the start. We saw them with their daughter. But it's not. He just sees, it's basically that scene in Titanic where Billy Zane just sees a kid <laughs> and picks up the kid and pretends it's his kid. He does mm-hmm. this. And it's kind of like, okay, this is this is bad enough, right? This, this feels kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. This feels kind of sad. But then you hear a woman yelling for her child. And that's how the, that's why they know the name of the girl. They know her name because her mother was yelling because she's obviously realized she's looking for her daughter. She's yelling after the bus. Where's my daughter? Give me my daughter back. Mm-hmm. Um, and like extremely sad. <laughs> it's, it's really sad scene, especially since uh, the, the daughter is starting to sort of yell and cry for her mum. Yeah. And Ball is kind of holding her, saying, "It's okay. Shh, it's okay." And, and and Bial's watching this kind of uh, from a distance, also sitting on the bus, kind of feeling like almost horrified by and, what they've just done yeah and 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 uh, i mean the movie doesn't really go into it too much but i also get the sense that it's like every i 
you, you kind of feel like everyone on the bus knows, but it's like they're in such a you know uh dire situation it's like we have to go you know we cannot mm -hmm. stay here that it's just like this which you know in almost any other you know circumstance we would think of would be like a horrific thing like people would be like hey what are you doing like you know uh stop the yeah. bus like but it, you know, yeah but the last thing they want is that bus to stop yeah so everyone's just like quiet and it's just like you know except for the mother banging on the windows and it's just yeah. really tragic and it's very it's very eerie because everyone's just so quiet and just lets it mm -hmm. go uh, yeah. and I, we don't see like a lot of what happens on the boat but we get a sense that yeah they end up they all end up in the water and there's like a, like a lifeboat like saving mm -hmm. and there's like quick shots of like ball who grabs bial he wants to save his wife and he's like taking her towards mm -hmm. the boat but you know the girl's left to drown uh, lots of other and basically what you realize at this point in the movie is that all of the other ghosts that pop up in the background are all just all the other people who drowned on their way here yeah. mm -hmm. um and I'll, so when i say there's a theme to the ghost there's a lot of like you know waters at one point when he's pulling cables out the walls a lot of seaweed on it uh a lot, you know at one point when he's sitting eating dinner and he's on his own the camera pulls back and reveals like the little kitchen table sitting in the ocean i really nice I visual really... yeah yeah, I really loved all these touches, like, whenever it would kind of, uh, like, meld their actual, like, house into the past. Uh, yeah, it just looked really cool. Uh, yeah, like you said, it, it's a good visual. Is uh, you know, it was also, like, very uh, kind of eerie, but, yeah, it just, like, looked cool. Honestly, you could almost argue the horror stuff is all in their heads anyway. There's, there's one or sure. two small things that kind of implies that it isn't. Like, you know, the idea that he burns her, her pearl necklace and then it comes back. Uh, the mm -hmm. idea that um, there is actually a hole in the floor from later when, like, the the the, 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 the night witch or whatever he is mm -hmm. comes through the floor. It, it appears that there is a hole there later yeah. that they didn't make themselves. So there's a couple of hints that this is all actually going on. But you could almost just take it as them working through their guilt, working through the survivor's sure. guilt, the guilt of what they did by taking that girl and then leaving her to die. Um, so... You have this double thing where he's kind of ignoring his guilt for what he did to get here. And you have this irony of that, that, that sentence, you know, make sure you're one of the good ones. And I think mm -hmm. even though obviously that's coming from this like casually racist place, there is kind of this thing for them where they don't feel like one of the good ones because they feel like they've done yeah. something really bad to get here. And I think maybe even part of the, 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 the meaning behind the film in a lot of ways is that a lot of people who are refugees who have to like fight their way out of like countries to get to somewhere, you know, whether it be the UK, the US, you know, wherever they're going. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people do have to do a lot of bad things or have to go through a lot of turmoil and not, not that a lot of them do something this bad specifically, but, mm -hmm. uh, the idea of like the guilt of like making it to somewhere else and surviving when other people you cared about didn't. And did you not, not so much like sacrifice anyone, but the idea that you, and making sure you like, made it to a bus or made it to a boat or or made it out of there, did you just by your persistence kind of leave someone else behind by default? And you know yeah. how how common is that a feeling for refugees? I imagine it probably is quite common. There's people they cared I'm about sure. that they knew, you know, in their society that they've left behind. Um, you know, obviously this is a really dark example where they literally kidnapped <laughs> a girl and let her die. That's a very specific, you know, Jesus, big yeah. thing. But, um. And the idea that at the end of the film, you know, it's because the ending almost isn't that much of a horror movie. Like it has the big horror movie moment where he does like cut himself because uh, the idea that the blood will, uh, you know, because because he realize he has this realization at one point and one of the sort of horror nightmare sequences where 
the, the ghost can't hurt him. The witch doctor or the, the night witch can't hurt him mm-hmm. because he's not real. He's you know he's he's like a supernatural thing. He puts his hand in the because it's like he's in like a like a campfire area, mm-hmm. and he puts his hand in the fire and it doesn't hurt him because uh, it's not real technically. And he's like, oh, you can't hurt me. You're just images. You're just memories and images of the past. You can't actually hurt me uh, unless I hurt myself for you, so you can come and take me. And so the big turning point for him is that he actually chooses to cut his arm because it's because the, the 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 night witch is also trying to convince Bial to cut him as well. She, he's he's trying to turn her on her husband, and he cuts himself to accept responsibility for what he did because he's the one who picked up the girl. He's the one who kind of is the most responsible. Um, but I think it says a lot for the meaning of the film that Bial's the one who then comes in and saves her husband by you know you know killing the night witch by you know mm-hmm. uh, you know stabbing him or slashing his throat or hitting him from behind. Yeah, the idea being that she's accepting that they have to in some way accept move what on. they've done and move on. Yeah, like they have yeah. to accept and move on. Yeah, yeah, they they essentially kind of switch like you know positions where mm-hmm. y- you know she'd been. You know, if you want to say like you know she was kind of you know stuck in the past or whatever and he was trying to move forward and now he's finally you know accepting the past and she's like ready to move forward and i mean you said it earlier they kind of have to meet in the middle which is yeah yeah ultimately what happens and it does end with this and this is why you sort of you could almost argue that none of this is real in the sense that at the end of the movie they're at a place where okay they're at peace they're ready to actually sort of live here and they've met in the middle and they're, they're inspected again, and they've, they've fixed up all the holes in the walls, but they've got, like, a rug over the big ha- hole in the floor where the, you know, the <laughs> demon witch thing came through. Um, but it's kind of like, yeah, they're ready to move on now, and, uh, you know, there's, like, a moment where Matt Smith says, oh, uh, so that witch that you said was here, the, you know, how, how's that going? And I, I actually laughed. I thought this was a really funny line where Ball just says, oh, my wife killed it. <laughs> it's just really really deadpan uh almost and i thought that was a really funny delivery yeah. and matt smith almost kind of chuckled a little bit like oh it's, it's dealt with but yeah i mean it, but it also means something to the characters that you know, they have expelled this demon that was haunting them this mm-hmm. idea that they had to get over everything they'd done to get here and left behind uh mm-hmm. and accept what they've done but move on from it at the same time so you know, it's, it's about guilt. It's about you know, and survivors' guilt. And uh, we mentioned survivors' guilt in the last review we did as well. But I think that's also a factor oh, yeah. <laughs> here. Um, oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, but the performances are great. There's a, there's a scene where the scene where he uh, Ball goes to Matt Smith to try and ask for a new house. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the end, when he's getting frustrated because Matt Smith's you know kind of not responding to it and he's asking questions, and it's this sort of really depressing like clinical office like atmosphere of you, you mm-hmm. can just hear the photocopier constantly going in the background. Um, mm-hmm. There's this really great perf- the performance towards the end of the scene where Ball's like, he's holding a glass of orange just they've given him and he crushes it in his hands. But as as this is happening, the way he's like sort of like trying to smile and try and pretend that he's okay and normal is really yeah. unsettling in a way that he's like really struggling. Um, because ultimately all this is really about is the horror of trying to, and just, just the, the stress that this change puts on someone. And how it's not easy, how it is this difficult, life-altering period of someone's life that no one seems to have any sympathy for, um, or believe that they're going through. So, yeah. um, there's a really great scene where I think it's maybe <clears throat> one of the like first times uh, he maybe encounters a ghost, and he's like running away from it, and he he runs outside into like his little, you know, um, kind of like back alley or or whatever, and like. <clears throat> 
he he just like looks up and yeah, there's like this neighbor lady just looking at him very, you know, judgingly and like he's you know very like freaked out and out of breath. But then as soon as he sees her, he kind of like yeah chuckles and is like oh <laughs> hey you know uh, mm-hmm. no, nothing wrong. Uh, but then there's a a great like really creepy ominous shot though of just him looking back inside and it's just you know it, it's nighttime but you know it's still light all around except for the inside the doorway is just like completely black and just this idea of like okay i have to go back i'm freaked out but i have to go back in there but i can't look yeah i have to look normal in front of all these other people and really yeah. like he just delivers such a good performance it's a constant theme of the movie that like everyone else doesn't want to deal with what they're going through or even know about they just want them to fit in and not so, yeah. so they feel that they can't show their 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 weakness their their you know what they're going through they have to hide it they have to shelter it all you know bottle it all up because no one else wants the burden of what they've went <laughs> through uh and that's you know i think a lot of what the movie's about but then them also dealing with their own guilt no one's there to like help them go through it or talk them to you know like maybe something that a refugee who's been given asylum should should be given maybe it's like some therapy or something you know because it is like For a really sure. you know, <laughs> yeah tur- turmoil experience of, of you know things and um yeah. and there's some really nice visual touches we mentioned like you know the like them being in the ocean in the house a couple mm-hmm. of times as a couple of months where he's standing in water even just something as simple uh the the time he when, when he's at the when he's talking to the actual night witch at the fireplace and they mm-hmm. basically realizes that it can't hurt him there is a scene where he you know the night witch kind of offers a knife and it's just like two hands coming out of the darkness and it's a really nice shot it's a really creepy shot uh yeah um the, I, I think the most effective horror scene of the whole episode it may be right after where he's sitting eating dinner and it's like in the ocean, but he's in the house again and and he's technically always in the house, obviously, but like in, in a sense mm-hmm. that we're back in the house just totally. Uh, and he's basically seeing all the different adult ghosts, but then it kind mm-hmm. of like, and he sort of is like really like ramping up. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of stuff happening at once um, because normally a movie will have a jump scare and then that'll be it. It'll deflate. This just kind of keeps like hitting you with things like constantly in this sequence, and then yeah. eventually the, the the small ghost with the, the really creepy mask, which obviously represents the the daughter, but it's this really creepy mask she's wearing. Um, like it ends with her, and like the whole thing just keeps escalating. And that was from a, from a horror movie point of view, that was probably my favorite section of the movie was that little yeah. five minute sequence. Oh no, yeah, totally. And the uh, all the horror stuff like works really well, and it um the the movie like flows uh very good too like it didn't i'm not sure how long it actually was but it didn't like feel long at all like nah, there's it's no like 90 minutes it's just it's not a long movie yeah yeah and uh yeah and like you said like the it you know it uh it, it does a good job of like ramping up like you know the horror and stuff but then that's um you know it, it's never boring at all and uh you know even like some of the non-horror stuff it's uh you get sucked into it pretty well yeah, and I think it, I think what's effective about it as well is obviously there's the the real horror of like how they're being treated and the the coldness of it and how no one's really like wanting to help them or go out their way to like <laughs> understand them. I, I think that's there, and it does treat a little bit like that, like a horror movie. You know, obviously we keep going back to the scene of Bial like trying to find the doctor's office, but mm-hmm. I think it's effective that most of the actual supernatural horror, if not all of it, is all relegated to the house and their past. Because mm-hmm. I think the way the metaphor works here is that, okay, there's the obvious, the, the social difficulties that they're facing, which is important and is a, and is a horror. But the idea mm-hmm. that the secret side, that the, the, the British public or the public of anywhere that a refugee goes, 
doesn't want to mm-hmm. know about is the secret one. That's the one that's unseen, and that's the one that's the the ghost in the house. That's the one that no one else gets to witness or ever knows exists. Uh, yeah. It's like it's something that's just there for them that no one else can understand what they've went through. No one can understand the experiences that they experienced. You know, in a country where there was tribes shooting at each other, uh, all this, all these massacres, things like that. Um, so the, the metaphor there works really well for me, where their past is the secret one, which is the ghost in the house that no one else ever really acknowledges. Mm-hmm. Or so, so at the end of the movie, when Matt Smith says, "Oh, you know." How's that witch? <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't understand that it's just this fake idea to him. That it's, it's this abstract idea. Uh, that that really works. Whereas all of the the social stuff, all the stuff of them fitting in, that is equally kind of like real and it's equally a thing and a problem. But as he himself, as Ball points out himself at one point when when uh, when he's arguing with Bial about fitting in, and she says that you know this isn't home. We're not welcome here. He says, I mean, have you forgotten what we did to get out of there or what it was like back there? Like, you know, as much as this is difficult, like, you know, think of where we came from. Think of the massacres. Think of, you know, all these things. Um, So as as bad as the world they're in now is, like, you know, there was a real horror show that they left to get here. Um, Not that that in any way uh, justifies or says, ah, they should just put up with all this shit and the way they're treated. They shouldn't absolutely shouldn't uh everyone deserves better than that but um but the idea of that the real horror is the is the the life they left behind kind of thing i don't know there's there's a lot of mixed things going on here there's a lot of strong emotions there's a lot of uh i I think good metaphors and messages and it's kind of you know you mentioned get out earlier i think this is an interesting one in that this is a more specific look at something this is a very specific experience that it wants to look at and again, the idea we talk a lot about with, with fiction and especially with horror movies, the idea that you take the real horror of what these two people have went through, of asylum seeking and all the things they did to get here, and you turn it into a ghost. You turn it into an actual supernatural mm-hmm. thing to, again, hating it, to ramp it up, to turn it up to a living and say, okay, mm-hmm. this is what it represents, this is the metaphor, um, and you mix in all the things. So, you know... I mean, if you if you question me, what what do I think an asylum seeker goes through who's come from a country where things are that dangerous? Like, I might like get to some of these ideas. I might say, oh, there might be some survivors' guilt. There might be this. There might be that. But mm-hmm. this movie, you know, it, it it conveys all of it. It gives you all these things that you might, as someone who has never had to experience, you know, escaping to another country for for safety, mm-hmm. for for a better standard of living, for coming from this world, for all the way you're treated by the people when you arrive, all of these things. You might never actually realize all of these little things. And I think that's, you know, if there's anything that's important about art is like sharing experiences and sharing empathy. Oh, totally. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, you know, it's so stupid when, you know, people, you know, like people get upset about like, oh, like, you know, like, like diversity and stuff. And it's like, no, like this is, this is why you need like, you know, different, you know, voices and art and stuff to, to you know, to illustrate um, these different kind of lives and viewpoints. And so, yeah, you're not just stuck, you know, seeing the same dumb people that are just living your life over and over again. It's, uh, I mean, it's and a little bewildering, bewildering than people yeah. like don't like this stuff because it's, you know, as like a. Yeah, like also as a person that yeah, has never had to go through this, it's you know I think it's fascinating and it's emotional and you know it's uh, important to watch stuff like this. And 
you know see these yeah. different kind of lives and you know it's funny because you, you do have people over the past like say decade or whatever who complain about diversity and is it <laughs> oh we're doing a superhero movie that has someone who isn't a white man oh, oh what was this oh, oh. i know the horror uh, I, I think the, the, obviously the hope is is that for future generations who are used to growing up with a very diverse mix of movies and TV and art and all these other things, mm-hmm. is that it'll be so normal to them that they'll look at back at this time and look at people who say things like that and think, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you ever think that? Why would you ever consider that? Uh, you know, Hopefully, yeah. that's That's the importance <laughs> of representation is that we, over time get rid of some of these like you know institutionalized like ideas Mm. and the idea of the normal and the other and no everyone's normal deal with it yeah Yeah, so and it's yeah like not to go like on a rant or anything but like i think it's so funny when you see someone who is complaining because yeah they're adding more diversity into these shows and movies and and they can no longer relate (laughs) to the characters so they're upset and it's like yeah, well, that's how everyone else feels when, that like, you know, everyone that's not, like, a white dude, that's how they feel when they can't, you know, relate to these characters. It's... Well, well, yeah, and that, that's <laughs> looking at it from their perspective of not being able to relate, which to me is a silly in and of itself, because to me, yeah. like, I can relate to, you know, a toy in Toy Story. I can relate to a, an <laughs> exactly. alien in a sci-fi. Yeah. I, can, I, I can feel sympathy for a robot, and yet... Right you just think we can't sympathize and, and have empathy for human beings who have different experiences <laughs> and come from different cultures and you know dare i say have a slightly different skin tone oh dear uh, oh <laughs> how, how could we ever possibly relate to another human being or have sympathy and empathy and and things and uh, this is i mean i don't know why we're going on this little tangent here towards the end of this but i guess maybe it well, makes us think of that because it is a you know as a film that's look, looking at a different experience for people who come from a different mm-hmm. culture um, well, yeah, I, I always say that it's a, you know, it's a good episode when we, we end it by solving racism. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> I would never claim to do such a thing, Tony. Uh, I, I only, ho- I only hope that our voice are part of a sea that mm. help sway the tide. Hopefully. As time goes on. Uh, now I'm worried to look at the comments on this because <laughs> people might, uh, some people, I mean, most the kind of, the of people, people we don't like might not be happy. <laughs> most of the people who look for a review of his house, I imagine, are probably okay with that's this true. kind of talk. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that said, never underestimate the assholes who Very will go true. out of their way to look for something <laughs> just so they can comment saying, why are you talking about this? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, I- I'll never forget when me and Carl reviewed the first episode of Dear White People, uh, like one of the comments being like, why are you reviewing this propaganda? Propaganda? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Anything that has a different idea is a prop is propaganda. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, so here we go. That's Jeez. that's his house. Uh, it's a very good film. Obviously, it has a lot of social commentary, a lot of political commentary. Uh, but more importantly, uh, it is a horror movie that takes a real world thing that people go through every year, and not specifically from this country, of course, just the, the general idea of you know mm-hmm. asylum seeking, and makes it into a horror story and uses the horror to explain the feelings that people have in that situation, which mm-hmm. is, you know, some of the best type of metaphorical horror you can you can have. Uh, so I would recommend it. So with all that said, Tim, yeah, what are you going to rate His House? Uh, I, I think I'll give it an... 
yeah, I'll, I'll go as high as an 8.5. Uh, I think it's really good. This is actually my second time watching it because I uh, I did watch it. Um, I, I forget if I snuck it in to my October viewing or if I did it. Because um, I think it came out a little late in October. So was, I, 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 I could tell, I'm just looking at it just as I can tell you. It was the 30th of October it came out, so it was right. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, I must have watched it at some point in November, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I had no problem rewatching it again because, um, again, yeah, the performances are great, and uh, and it's not like a long movie, like you mentioned that, like it does kind of just, uh, you know, go by like pretty quickly, but you, you know, you get sucked up into everything, and you know, the story's great, and um, and again, it's just, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a good movie that's actually you know has something to say as as well as being a you know, um, uh, having the, the good horror elements to it. So yeah, I'll go as high as an 8.5. I think it's great. And, uh, you know, it, it's, <clears throat> I mean, obviously 2020 was, you know, bad in, in very many ways, but I feel like we were very down, um, you know, with a lot of the movies we were watching. I don't think, cause you know, we're talking about if we would even do like a, a top 10 or whatever. Uh, and it was kind of like, I don't know. I feel like there's not like a lot of movies. I'm like, super crazy or passionate about but i feel like all the movies we've been doing for this catch-up month have all been like great <laughs> like i've been like oh man if 2020 was just filled with like all these movies that we've been watching <laughs> it would have been like a great year for horror movies yeah i mean arguably it is it's just a case of you know finding the right ones and, and so right, on right yeah. um I, I will be doing a top 10 in your absence since you're going away <laughs> for <laughs> for months uh <laughs> But I can tell you right now, there's at least a couple on the top 10 that I have kind of mapped out in my head that you do not like or did not see. So, okay. you know, uh, <coughs> basically I'm saying a better streams after midnight top 10. Oh my. Than your typical <laughs> standard. Uh, I should probably mention the scene that's on the poster, actually, uh, which is oh, at, at the end of the movie, there's just a sort of visual moment where they're standing in the house and they're standing around I, I presume the people that are standing around them are other people who have made it out who made it to either you know other countries and are, are mm. refugees and mm. they're looking down the hall to all the people who didn't make it all the people who were either died in the boat or maybe died the people they knew that died in the massacre that they, you know she was a survivor of uh, mm. and the idea being that they're all here with them the idea that you know that this is an important part of the of the journey um it's a really poignant moment but so the moment the poster yep. obviously looks really just kind of boring it's just you know this couple standing surrounded by people all the context of what it means isn't there in the poster so it just looks yeah. like a, a shot of people standing there <laughs> whereas in the movie yeah. it's this moment where <laughs> they've embraced both their past and their future mm-hmm. and it's yeah so yeah i was gonna that- mention that anyway my rating. That is interesting, yeah. Because yeah. uh, what? Well, yeah, just to comment on that. Um, yeah, that that is a very good point. Because if you look at it without any context of the movie, it is kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't really know like how this is really selling the movie. But if you do watch it, it is a very poignant moment that you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's I get it. But I don't know. I, I don't. Maybe it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Uh, so my rating. Uh. That's a tough one. I'm going with an 8 out, eight out of 10. Uh, I think it's a really good movie. Uh, performances are probably the best thing about it. Um, and I was a little bit worried that the ending wasn't going to land for me. I was a little bit worried when it started getting a little bit you know, wackier, where he was starting to act crazier, that it was going to just feel a bit more generic by the end. But when it started doing all the flashback stuff and that really came into it, I was like, oh, damn, this movie has like a bite. It has like a proper dramatic bite uh, beyond just like the general commentary it's had throughout. But 
like oh no now there's a kind of an emotional kind of big moment in their past that feels like they're really getting over by uh coming out of it so uh, i'm going to yeah. say eight out of ten um but it is definitely a drama horror i wouldn't say so again this was like a weird distinction to make but it's not a full-on horror movie in the sense that it's not just a hundred percent a horror film it is definitely right. you know a social commentary and a drama equally as, as a horror movie so uh, mm-hmm. i'd say keep that in mind uh, if you watch it because i mean it, when it starts off it doesn't feel like a horror movie you know up until the first yeah. time you hear something in the house it doesn't even really feel like a horror film until then um then of course it changes and it, it changes but the direction is really strong for my, and it's a first time director as well uh for a future length so that's really cool uh, but like I say, the performances of the two leads are, are wonderful. So 8 out of 10 from me. So there we go. Uh, that is his house. If you made it this far into the review, um, put the word polo shirt. Okay. Put the word polo shirt into the review. It's actually two words, but you know what I mean. Whatever. Uh, so that is what you got this far. Tim's going to pose for the thumbnail. So here we go. Three, two, one, pause. Okay. I see a casual head tilt. I like it. I like it. Um, I can't do anything too silly <laughs> for this movie. That is, that's fair. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about looking at the uh, IMDb user reviews uh, oh boy. for this one. I mean, the first one's uh, quite, the top review is quite positive. Mm-hmm. Um Brilliant on several levels. We need more like this and less junk in the horror genre. Uh, brilliant sure, must watch. Uh, 10 out of 10s, 8 out of 10s, 9 out of 10s. Yeah, there's a lot of positivity, to be honest. Good. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah. Uh, a couple of people who gave it like a middling score said it was a bit too slow for them. But I mean, that's not... I mean, I don't agree with them, but uh, you know, it's not uh, the bad take that I was maybe expecting from these... Uh, sure, yeah. From these reviews, admittedly though, maybe IMDb's uh, monitoring them, so there's no dodgy ones in here. <laughs> yeah, uh, that we may have expected. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would also assume uh, again because we're we're kind of talking about it earlier, but I feel like it's not like a you know super well-known movie that was mm-hmm. advertised all over the place. So I, the most people that are watching are probably people that are kind of aware of it or are seeking it out because they know. Um, either what it's about, or maybe the or other people that you know, uh, who's a like you know they listen to that likes that kind of thing might have recommended it. Um, yeah, it, it's not like something that I feel like <clears throat> would just be like you know at a theater with like a you know like insidious movie or something that someone would go in and be like, oh cool, haunted house movie, and then be like, what is this? You know? Yeah, it's not, it's not been reviewed by. This is what you're saying. Right. <laughs> Going to note that down to bleep that out later uh, for, for the, the comic effect. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That is, uh, that is uh, His House. Uh, Netflix original film. Hey, occasionally they do, they do put out a good movie. Uh, right. So, uh, worth, worth I'm, noting. I am assuming, though, that it's like... They, I'm assuming they just acquired the movie... Sure. and put it on like uh, I, I uh, doubt that netflix was like wow this is a project we believe in and we're gonna fund it and yeah uh, i mean may, maybe i'm wrong but well it was regency regency films at the start mm-hmm. the logo okay. so i assume they did just get it from there maybe they co-funded it though yeah. I, I don't know uh my we'd have to look like, into it 
Yeah, usually what I my go to is usually if it's a good movie, then it's probably just a movie they acquired. If it's bad, it's probably like a Netflix original that they like built from the ground up. I'm pretty sure there's plenty of bad ones they also acquired. <laughs> I'm not ready to make that distinction. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm pretty. I don't know if they acquired like something like say Open House, but like it could have been acquired. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah.